Hello, Marjorie, Arnie, and Jacob. I want to play a game. You have reviewed many movies in your life, but with the release of Saw 6, I have a new test for you. You have to watch and review all of the movies in the Saw series. We need to talk. We need to think. But be warned. These reviews will be filled with spoilers, and the language used will offend some people. But this is your task. Live or die. Make your choice. Today we're discussing Saw, starring Carrie Elways, Danny Glover, Monica Parter, Michael Emerson, Shawnee Smith, Tobin Bell, and Dina Meyer, directed by James Wan. I'm Arnie, host of Now Playing. I'm Marjorie. And I'm Jacob. And before we start talking about Saw, why don't we just discuss our relation to the series in general. Marjorie, you and I have seen the first five as of this recording over the span of the five or six years they've been coming out. Yeah, we're big horror movie fans, and we saw this because it's a horror movie. It's always released around Halloween. I don't really know why I keep seeing the Saw franchise, because every time I see it, it both lets me down and confuses the crap out of me. So you're kind of a bit of a Saw hater. I'm a little bit of a Saw fan in that I like what it does, but yet I'm always left just a little short. But I'm anxious to rewatch them again, because one of the problems we had when we saw Saw 5 is we had no clue what was going on because we didn't remember saw one through four we just see them each once so i'm interested in seeing how the series pieces together watched more cohesively now jacob you hadn't seen most of these right i haven't seen any of the saw movies and i'm really not much of a horror fan you know i I love good movies in any genre so i'm familiar with some horror movies but uh not familiar with these saw movies and really, I remember when we saw the first Saw movie, it was an independent film. It was made for virtually no money. And I went to see it because I thought, you know, it wasn't all that long after Blair Witch Project. I was thinking, let's see what they can do with it. Here, here's my question. It, was this the movie that started the torture porn? That was my question, too. I think it did because it was unlike any horror movie at the time. There were so many parts that were made to make you squeamish and make you uncomfortable. Jacob, now not being familiar with this, did you get uncomfortable? Uh, There was a few moments I'm not, you know, I don't have a big reaction to gore. But but the reason I asked if this is the beginning of uh, the whole torture porn, because I know it came out before Hostel, which was definitely in that category. To me, uh, if you're familiar with the gonzo porn genre at all, I mean, that's basically two people in a room stripped down, have sex. There's no story whatsoever. That's it. And that's how this hit me. It's like, you know, most horror movies I've seen before, let's get to know these characters a bit. So you have some empathy for them. There's some kind of emotional investment. This was, boom, locked in a room, chained up, guy dead in the middle of the floor. Let's get right into this. There's none of that buildup for me here. (laughs) But here's the thing. There's been some arguments that this isn't really torture porn as there's not a whole lot of torture. If you've seen movies like Hostel, there you're just sitting there and watching people get tortured for a good half an hour. And I think it was after Hostel that the phrase torture porn came into vogue and they lumped Saw in with it. But I wouldn't necessarily 
necessarily say Saw is torture. I mean, torture. But it is torture because these two guys are chained in a room, giving this what seems impossible puzzle to solve in order to free themselves. And then you have the lead character who saws off his own foot to get away. And then they find out that the guy dead in the middle of the room is still alive. I, I, I kind of agree with you, Marjorie, that when the guy cuts off his foot, that's the only part I really winced at. The rest wasn't like physical torture there's, there's a lot of emotional torture going on you know when uh, Lawrence is on the phone hearing his wife and kids screaming I mean definitely that's a type of torture and I think to me that's scarier than the actual gore but there's not a yeah. lot of that gore torture going on yeah this was the least gory of them I think having recently now watched a bunch of these you know you got the two guys in the room you've got Carrie Elways and then you've got the other person who is one of the film's writers he's playing oh, what's he yeah yeah he was playing Adam and his name was Lee Wannell. When I watched this movie the very first time, I'm like, oh, that's one of the guys who made this movie. I didn't know he was the writer. I kind of guess a director because he kind of came off very Kevin Smith-ish, you know, putting himself in the own movie, but completely unable to act. And so I was watching this and I'm like, that guy has to be somebody. But I can't go any further without mentioning Carrie Elways because he played Dr. Lawrence Gordon. And oh my God, his acting was so bad. Yeah, all I could think of the whole time was, as you wish. Yes. All right, I mean, that's all I thought of the whole time I was watching this. See, I, yeah, he's kind of a, a very wooden acting going on. With he is. He, it's like he's overdoing it. And he's like one of those summer stock theater actors you see in your local production of something. And it's just like way over the top. And then you see him afterwards. He probably thinks he's a star. Well, here's what I think. So you have Carrie Elways, who is an accomplished actor, if not a little bit washed up. Accomplished. Oh, Arnie. Well, come on. He's got Princess Bride, which is a beloved film. He never, ever lived up to that ever again yeah what else has he been in besides princess bride he was in crush with alicia silverstone yeah the crush hot shots one and part two uh, yeah, you're not helping Robin this guy's Hood, men cause. in tights. Keep going, you're not helping his cause. You're probably making him wince. Well, you've got a British actor, and you know, being British just elevates him a little bit. <laughs> so you've got this actor, and then you've got this writer who's trying to be an actor. And I was thinking Carrie Elways would really show him up. No, not really. <laughs> I think Elways lowered his performance as a favor to the writer, maybe? Just trying not to show him what acting, theater, You're putting really way is. too much thought into that. Bottom line, Carrie Elways is a really bad, hammy actor. But his accent did bother me, because sometimes you can really hear it slip through. And I don't see why they couldn't just make the Doctor British. It would have been fine. But I guess they didn't have enough time for retakes or looping, so he could redo some of those lines with an American accent. But yeah, we start off there in the room, there's the guy dead in the middle and there's a scene at the beginning when adam is waking up in the bathtub and you see something go down the drain you find out at the end of the movie it's the key that could have unlocked them both what was the point of that i don't understand jigsaw tries to test people what was the test there if you wake up underwater and don't panic then you get to live well, I have a problem with a few of Jigsaw's things here, and that was one of them. I never knew what Adam's test was. How was he supposed to get out of it alive? We know Lawrence is there. He has to shoot Adam to, to pass his test. But was a challenge ever given to Adam? No. There wasn't. And then with Amanda, when he, in one of the flashbacks, you know, the one girl that gets out of one of Jigsaw's traps, 
she has to kill a guy. She has to cut a guy's stomach open to get a key out. What was that guy's test? There, there were some inconsistencies there. I think that they were just judged by Jigsaw. I mean, wasn't the guy who Amanda had to kill a drug addict or well, something? Well, it's never really said, but Jigsaw drugs him. Yeah, Jigsaw drugged him. But yeah, I don't know what the test is. And we are shown in flashbacks some of Jigsaw's other tests. And there's the guy who tried to commit suicide. And he wakes up and he's in a room full of razor wire that he has to walk through to get out. And the question is, will he cut himself so that he can get out of the room? Well, he cuts himself so much that he dies. So that's not really a test. That's a lose-lose situation. Starve to death or bleed to death, right? You bring up a great point, Arnie. And here's one of my biggest problems with this movie is that they try to bring up this big point that Jigsaw isn't a murderer. People choose to kill themselves. But I I looked up, I was so upset by that line because obviously Jigsaw is murdering people. Um, that's like saying if I push you off a cliff that I didn't kill you, the ground did. Yeah, well, I looked up the legal definition of murder just because I, I they kept bringing this up as a point like it's some like cool thing. We're going to have a serial killer who's not really the killer. He doesn't really murder people. And looking up murder, there's a, there's two definitions, legal definitions that would make him a murderer. One is uh, a killing resulted from the intent to do serious bodily harm. His little traps do serious bodily harm that you're going to die from. And then the other one was a, a, a killing that resulted from depraved heart or extreme recklessness. This would be extreme recklessness. Yeah. Putting a guy in a room full of barbed wire, I think, is extreme recklessness. <laughs> and, and so, I, I mean, that bugged me is that there was, again, that inconsistency with Jigsaw's methods. Half the time it was a, a test. Half the time, uh, we need a body in here. We need a way to introduce this drug that, that makes it seem like you're unconscious. So I'm going to break my rules, which bugs me because the whole thing is you got to play by the rules. Well, let's take this back a step. This whole Jigsaw, who is the villain of the Saw movies, he's the quote-unquote killer, as we just discussed. Is he a killer, isn't he? But he almost reminds me of John Doe from Seven, because Seven, the guy was going through the seven deadly sins and killing people based upon their sin. He Here, Jigsaw seems to be taking that to another extreme. You know, if you're really vain, he's going to mess up your face or kill you. If you are a person who cheats on their family, you're going to have to cut off your own leg in order to save them. So it's not even the seven deadly sins. It's just like punishment by irony. Yeah, I actually had two movies written down that this seemed to be riffing off of. One was Seven, for points you already made, and then the other was Fight Club. If you're familiar with Fight Club, you know, the whole thing is you got to die to live. And there's a whole scene where the car crash where you just have to let go. And you crash and you make it out alive and you appreciate life more. There's a scene where they take the guy working at a 7-Eleven put it put a gun to his head. I was thinking of that 7-Eleven scene as well, yeah. yeah. with When Shawnee Smith is saying, like, he saved me, all I could think of was the guy who was working at the convenience store in Fight Club. Yeah, and that, I mean, it it seemed like it was a a mashup between those two movies to the extreme, though. And, you know, they've obviously done something with it that people like, taking a couple of really good movies. I really like both Fight Club and Seven. And ironically, they're both David Fincher movies. I think that's just a coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, Saw is the modern horror franchise in that I remember when I was a kid, every Halloween, there'd be a Friday the 13th movie or something. You know, they'd come out one a year at Halloween. And that kind of went away in the 90s. And now this is the first movie to really become an annual Halloween tradition. 
definition of horror. So it has to have resonated with some people. And that said, you know, I think that because this was a small independent film, the writers weren't really thinking it through because their villain is Jigsaw. So you think Jigsaw, if you're not thinking the Punisher's hammy villain from that last movie. I admit I get them confused, okay? Because Arnie was really excited about getting the Jigsaw Mighty Mug. And I'm like, they made one from Saw? I didn't know they were doing horror with those. And then I saw it, I'm like, oh, wrong Jigsaw. But the other thing you think of is a puzzle. or But yet, I think Jigsaw, for all of his planning and these meticulous traps, he doesn't know corporate branding very well. Because he uses a pig <laughs> mask when he's attacking people. Yeah, I didn't get that. You got this puppet, you got this pig mask. And he's cutting jigsaw puzzle pieces out of skin. Yeah, pick one here. Are you going to make a mask out of the, the jigsaw pieces of flesh? What are we doing here? Pick a brand and go with it, jigsaw. Come on. Exactly. Every 80s horror villain, if the, the face wouldn't have been a puppet mask, it might have been like the Mona Lisa jigsaw puzzle turned evil with some missing pieces or something. I mean, it, it just didn't seem very cohesive that he's jigsaw. And I just never got what was with the pig mask. Yeah, it, that, you know, I, I figured maybe we'll get a, something by the end of this explaining it. And we did it. We didn't get any explanation with the puppets. I figure, you know, it's a horror movie. I think it's just freaky. And that's the only reason why. Because it's a pig with a long flowing mane. And it's just really weird. Maybe that's why. It, it is creepy. I mean, I'll admit the first time I saw it, I was like, what the hell is that? But, you know, thinking about this logically, seeing this movie for a second time, I'm like, he really needed to corporate brand a little better. Better. <laughs> I mean, going back to my gonzo porn analogy, it's we're doing this because that's how a horror movie is. That, that's what it seemed like to me. You got to have a scary mask. And you've got to have a tricycle riding puppet. Yeah, that's Puppets weird. are scary. Dolls are scary. So let's just throw all those scary things in here. It's a game bang of horror. <laughs> <laughs> and you said that we just jump right into it to go to your gonzo porn analogy. But I don't think in gonzo porn, they start with a sex scene and then give you the character's backstory. Here, I got to say, one of the things I like about this movie is that you're told so much of the story through flashback and through the Carrie Elway's point of view you see the background of Jigsaw and are introduced to two cops who are investigating Jigsaw Danny Glover and the Asian guy Miles from Lost the TV show. Now there are two people from Lost in this movie too. Michael Emerson mm -hmm. who is Ben. And then the young Asian guy who was also in X-Men 3. Yes. Th this whole Danny Glover storyline too. WTF because it, Danny Glover I'm sorry I've had enough. And he plays the same character every time. And this was just a bizarre twist Excuse me. This. Have you seen Grand Canyon? No, have you? Have you seen... Alright, I'm blanking on any other Danny Glover movie but Grand Canyon. But if you've not seen the whole oeuvre of Danny Glover, what about... Wasn't he in that Beloved? I think he was in Beloved. Doesn't he always play cops, though? In his successful roles. Well, see, there you go. <laughs> I, I wouldn't call Predator too successful. <laughs> You're right. I, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Predator. <laughs> Let me tell you, the first time we saw this movie, I kind of didn't catch that because his throat was slit, he was talking so hoarse the whole time. And I honestly thought Danny Glover might be ill. And I thought perhaps something was wrong with Danny Glover and he was doing this movie in poor health. But seeing it again, I see Danny Glover is in fine health and just portraying a man whose throat was slit. You know, 
I actually kind of like the Danny Glover character, and maybe this plays into one of the problems I had with this movie, with the flashbacks, is that, again, and I don't know, I haven't watched a lot of horror movies, you know, maybe you're not supposed to have an emotional attachment to any characters, For but for me, that's what makes it horror, is you care about certain characters, and you don't want to see them die, you don't want to see them get hurt. And with these, I, I wish there was some setup, because, yeah, here's this uh, prick doctor and this weird, creepy a photographer that and even when I get their story there's nothing that makes me want to care about them so maybe I just latched on to Danny Glover because I don't know I needed someone to care about in this movie I kind of liked when he went crazy I like that whole crazy cop idea where he becomes obsessed that was one of the few things I did like in this movie but maybe that's just because there was no one else for me to emotionally tie on to I agree that in good horror you do like the characters when we were doing our Halloween retrospective one of the big things we said is you like Laurie Strode in the first Halloween movie and so when she's being chased, it's all the worse. And there are some other horror movies with that. I think in Saw, they replace that by, you may not like the prick doctor and the private eye photographer, but what's happening to them is so extreme that you feel even bad for them. But I don't think he was necessarily a prick doctor. That's doctors. Well, he was doctors. cheating on his wife Yes, uh-huh. And your point is what? Well, that they should all have their legs cut off by Jigsaw's mindset. But he was a callous doctor. That's what happens to doctors. Patients aren't always people. They're diagnoses and diseases. And he was at, a, obviously, a teaching hospital. And this is what goes on. The only difference is I don't think he get those creepy caring orderlies which i don't know why we'll, he we'll was brought into that yeah we'll, we'll get to the orderly but i mean i know that adam may not be the most likable of characters but when he, he was digging through the shit-filled toilet Ugh. i was just like oh god Oh, I, I got a problem with that scene. But I do, too. It's a shit-filled toilet. Well, here's the problem. Okay, there's that unlikely uh, coincidence that they just hear that, follow your heart, you know, being whispered under the tape. Whatever. I'll, I'll give it that. But the heart was on the upper part of the toilet. The first thing, as soon as I saw that heart, was lift the lid up. <laughs> I get it, it wasn't go dig through shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think that was just in there. You know, I've never been locked in a creepy bathroom and tortured before. So maybe your mind's in a different place. And it's like, here's a bowl of crap. I'm going to dig through it. But it just seemed like that was in there for the gross out factor. Because my first reaction was uh, lift the top off the bowl and dig through, you know, that upper tank of the toilet. I, I think the same thing. I was immediately like, it's in the tank. And when he went for the bowl, I, I was so grossed out. You know, that was perhaps yeah. one of the two big reactions this movie got from me was when he's just digging through and he goes you find anything nothing solid oh, oh yeah God. here's the funny thing we were we had made dinner and we were sitting down to dinner and watch this movie which odd probably i guess for some people and i made arnie not turn on the movie because i knew that scene was she coming turns up. to me right when we hear the follow the heart and she goes is this the scene where they dig through shit because i don't want to watch that while we eat dinner <laughs> that reminded me that they did indeed do that which i'd forgotten so I paused the movie, we finished dinner, then returned, and it was only five minutes later. But back to the Danny Glover cop story, we've got that as our parallel story, and Danny Glover seems to think that Dr. Gordon is Jigsaw. Does he still think that when he's at the end, after he's no longer a cop and his throat's been slit, he, that's why he's watching Dr. Gordon, right? Yeah, I, I think he still thinks uh, Dr. Gordon is the killer, and he's he just gone crazy and he had to become obsessed with any, something after losing his partner and so he's just been spying on him this whole time okay I, I didn't think it was made very clear as to why because dr gordon went with him when they were finding jigsaw in that area danny glover discovers 
Carter's Jigsaw's hideout because there's a videotape with a gang symbol and the other cop goes, oh, he only has a territory of a few blocks. What kind oh, of- oh, no. And he hears, oh, this killed me. I made notes about this. Is He's watching that tape over and over. First of all, when he hits that rewind button, he goes, wait, what VCR in 2000, when was it? 2003 or whatever makes that sound when you rewind first of all that, that bug i me. had dvd by that point <laughs> yeah but but then he's like wait 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 listen listen way back in the background you hear a fire alarm and, and i'm like that bugged me when i saw uh, the fugitive and they're like oh you could hear the light rail and you can tell it's 27 feet off the ground and how who has a 27 foot light rail off the ground i mean that ah you know are cops really trained to like pick up maybe they are Maybe they are. I just don't I, know. I don't think the average Joe cop that these guys are. I think perhaps that's when it goes into the advanced FBI task force. There was a James Bond movie, I think it was, where they enlarged a videotape so much that they could see a reflection of the filmer in the eyeball of the character. So, you know, <laughs> I don't understand how they can always do that with such high risk. But I want to know, they seem to be in a pretty big city, or at least a rundown one. How would they know every gang leader that only has a couple blocks of territory? They're not, they're not a good gang leader, or else they'd have more territory. Luckily, Jigsaw picked the weakest gang territory to get into. Oh, obviously, because I didn't mind that he set up shop in one of their areas. I think well, that's the key. I, I don't know. It's... Do you think the writers are trying to fool the audience into thinking Gordon uh, might be the Jigsaw killer? You'd have to be really dumb to think that, honestly. <laughs> I, because I agree. <laughs> I, I'm like, well, it's blatantly obviously it's not him. I mean, it just seemed a little bit of a stretch that he would be so focused on Gordon as Jigsaw. I saw where they're going with that. Now, you're right. I think that they were trying to plant a little bit into your mind that that's what's going on. But, oh, it was very obvious, I thought. Let's talk about Zep here, because I think this is the point where Zep becomes germane to the conversation. Zep is a hospital orderly who Dr. Gordon sort of knows, and he's a very creepy looking guy. He's played by Michael Emerson, who's... Ben Linus on Lost, and he's awesome. He's just... He's a creepy looking guy. I mean, he's winning the Emmy, and I think he's gonna terrorize the place. It's his eyes. He's got really evil eyes. And and a big forehead. Yeah. And curly hair. It just... It all comes off as he looks like a human weasel. Apologies to Michael Emerson if you're reading this. I'm a big fan, but you look like a human weasel. And so you see him and you immediately know something's up. And then you see that Dr. Gordon's family is being terrorized by Michael Emerson. And so right there, the whole thing of the movie is you are thinking that Zep the Orderly is Jigsaw. You never see Jigsaw's face during the chase scenes. You see Zep has the family. And so I don't think you're supposed to think it's Dr. Gordon. I think the writer is saying, hey, it's Zep, pointing big neon signs to Zep, so that way when the twist ending comes and oops, it's not Zep, that it's the big fooled the audience. Now you have to go buy a second ticket and watch the whole movie over again to see it. Trying again to do the Fight Club ending, because after Fight Club, you when you again. find out the Tyler Durden secret, which I won't spoil for anyone here. <laughs> We're here to spoil Saw, not Fight Club. I immediately went back the next day and watched Fight Club again, and I think they wanted you to do that with Saw. Yeah, it's it, this is like a M. Night Shyamalan crack or something. You know, we gotta go for a twist ending, because without that twist ending, we have nothing here. <laughs> <laughs> but... Going to Zeb, as soon as he walked into that that doctor's office and he's like, that's a very great man. I knew him and that patient were involved. I mean, it, it, it was just a giveaway to me. 
it's, it, just from that scene alone. But here's the thing. Now, perhaps you didn't catch this because you hadn't seen these before, but the only reason Zepp did what he did, it's found out as one of the many twists on the ending. It's like M. Night Salomon to the 10th power because we're not going to give you one twist ending. We're going to keep twisting and twisting and twisting until we're wringing out the clothes or whatever. <laughs> Because one of the twists is Zepp wasn't even doing it because he wanted to. Zepp had been given a slow-acting poison, and if he didn't do what Jigsaw wanted, Zepp would die. But we never found out why Zepp was even a ploy in this game. No, you never know what Zepp's challenge is. Do, do we ever know what any why anyone's chosen? I mean, this seems really arbitrary. It was just uh, Jigsaw has this god complex, and whoever he thinks is wasting their life, he's going to set up a, a torture scenario for. It. I, I mean, so that didn't bug me because everything else was arbitrary up to that point. And again, going with the inconsistencies where Jigsaw's not a murderer, well. Lawrence's uh, wife and kid was going to die if he failed, but and Zepp was going to kill him. I mean, what was the wife and the child's role in this? To die? Again, they don't have a choice. They don't have a torture scenario to get out of. Yeah, they're just motivational, I suppose. <laughs> I mean, and that, and that hurt the movie for me. Again, it, when your your whole mantra is play by the rules, and you have these arbitrary, you know, scenarios here where no one's playing by the rules because they don't have rules to play by, it just it hurts it for me. It seems as though Jigsaw has some sort of vendetta against Larry and Adam, though, because everyone else gets this scenario where they can get out of it by doing, like, causing harm, going through their razor wire, or Shawnee Smith digging through to find the key in that guy's guts. But these guys are given this elaborate puzzle to solve to try to get the way out. Whereas everyone else, it's simple. Well, you either got to kill someone or you're going to have to really hurt yourself to get out of it. So you appreciate it. Well, this was fairly simple because Dr. Gordon could have picked up the gun, shot Larry, and been over with. If that was Gordon's way. I mean, that could have all been very simple. But it seems they got a more elaborate plot than everyone else. And the they, well, one thing that was missing, I will tell you, is Jake saw it and even when you watch the other ones you'll see there's a trademark developing but in this one it seems as though they got gypped too because everyone else got these fantastic devices or ways <laughs> that they have to do things and these guys get chained in the nastiest dirtiest bathroom on the face of the earth and have to dig through shit in the toilet bowl where everyone else gets like these devices or anything like that and these guys are just stuck in a gross bathroom Maybe but that's he it. put a lot of work into this because when Danny Glover and the other guy are searching Jigsaw's place, you see the diorama. Yes, he has built a. What was that? He's built a two-scale diorama with two little figures yeah. chained in the corner. That was really, really bizarre. Oh my god! I lost god. my shit when I saw that. I, I'm like, really? I, I even have notes on here. Really, a diorama. <laughs> And it was so accurate. It had, like, the filth and everything. But do you think his his plan was detailed? Like, he had a little pro Microsoft project, and he's sitting there doing his little torture project, right down to final step, take a dump in the bowl. And Carrie always is given a cell phone. And this bothers me because I, I, I'm a cell phone geek and a computer geek. I know technology. And whenever it's misrepresented in film, it pisses me off. And he you tries to a lot then. <laughs> whenever he tries to make a call, he goes, this phone is set only to receive calls. It cannot make them. Marjorie, you worked for a cell phone company. Is that possible? You can do incoming only and outgoing only. However, because of lawsuits and Americans' proclivity to sue, you can always dial 911 even on a dead cell phone. If you have your service disconnected and you have your phone sitting there, you will still connect you to 911. And it seems like something so easy for the writers to fix is this can't make calls and the 9 key is broken. Yeah. But most people are 
going to know that. I only know that because I worked in network operations. So it just really bothered me that the cell phone could only receive calls and not make them. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even a tech or cell phone junkie, and that bothered me. It's like, you know, have you guys seen those Disney phones where you could just program like three numbers that your kid could call on there? And, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'm like, really? Is that what they're giving them? Something like that? <laughs> yeah, those don't even have number pads. I would have gone with it if they'd done that because <laughs> then he couldn't dial yeah. 911. Those have like the little uh, bathroom signs for a boy and a girl so you can dial mom and dad, and that's it. Well, I mean, the other thing with the cell phone is at the end where uh, his wife's trying to call him to tell him, hey, we're okay or whatever, is he can't reach the phone. And this was this is what directly leads him to cut off his foot, is he can't reach the phone. But earlier in the film, they're taking their shirts off and making little rigs. He could have just taken his shirt off. The phone wasn't that <laughs> far away. I'm like, just take your shirt off. Just take it off. No, it, cutting it, off the foot like, is better. Yeah, it's like six inches away. I'm like, really? <laughs> the jigsaw itself would have extended his reach six inches. Yes, thank you. You don't have to be MacGyver to figure out how to get that thing. Is MacGyver in the next Saw film? Yes, Richard Dean Anderson is the next I'm just Jigsaw. saying Saw meets MacGyver, I will be there first of mine. <laughs> I, I Honestly, I think that would make a great film. They got the two dumbest guys, apparently, locked up in there. I mean, come on. Those guys are idiots. Yeah. Well, here, there's so many just little tiny coincidences in here. If, if that thing doesn't happen, it totally changes the story. If, you know, Lawrence doesn't decide to look at, you know, share this picture of his uh, daughter you know uh, adam doesn't find that picture of his wife that jigsaw put in there or took that picture of him and his wife tied up with the note on there uh you know turn off the lights or whatever it said i mean i i, I have to imagine that there's like a billion little clues just in case they do any little thing they'll, they'll find that clue I, it just there's just too many coincidences they just happen to find this little clue or they happen to find this little thing that, that sets them on a path to find another clue but yet yeah. there were no clues that the key to their ankle was in the tub yeah, it's just, uh. So, to go back to Zap, you get to see Zap, and he's watching the monitors, and he's wearing gloves, because evil people wear black gloves. They do. And he's waving at the little monitor of the two, going, I can't help you, and sounding all diabolical, and then he's taking the gun out and putting it at the mother's head and using a stethoscope to listen to the daughter's heartbeat as it races faster as he comes closer to killing his mother. What was that? Yeah, that was totally bizarre. That had no place in the plot. That is, you know how, Jacob, you were just saying that Jigsaw doesn't play by his own rules? The writers didn't play by the rules. <laughs> you can set up a red herring, but when you go back and watch it again, you've got to have a little bit of doubt. Here you have Michael Emerson, who supposedly blackmailed into this whole thing, being pure crazy. Listening to the heartbeats, that is where I think the writers cheated, because you are seeing a person so deranged that he's listening to the heartbeats and enjoying their terror, well, then he wouldn't be somebody you'd have to poison to do this, right? I mean, it's not like Jigsaw's thing is, you enjoy other people's pain, so now go cause it. You know, that's not what Jigsaw does. It would be, you enjoy other people's pain, but how do you enjoy your own? You know, some shit like that. Maybe Zepp is just a very altruistic guy by nature, and he has to learn to not be so altruistic, and, and that needs to, maybe that's his lesson, to become more sinister. I, I don't know. <laughs> I by, by that point, it was I knew it was a red herring that he wasn't really the killer, and but they had to just keep doing things. I don't know. It, it just seemed like a convention of horror films. So by that point, maybe I just turned my brain off and just didn't care anymore. Well, yeah, and the, the whole thing of horror films is, it's never who you think it is halfway through the movie. You know, that's the plot device in horror movies 
is it's going to be a surprise at the end who was the killer. It's never who you think it is. Well, it, it depends on the horror movie. If it's a whodunit type of horror movie, yes. At the end of A Nightmare on Elm Street, it was Freddy Krueger. Well, I, you know what I mean, though. <laughs> that whole genre, I, I think that that is a given in this type of movie. Not the Freddy and Jason kind of movies or Michael Myers, because you know who that is. But And then, so Danny Glover's watching Dr. Gordon's house and sees Michael Emerson peer out all sinister and does nothing. And yeah, that bugged me. <laughs> so why does Dr. Gordon live in a downtown warehouse? Why does everyone live where they do in the, I mean, Adam's apartment? Yeah. Really? Really? Is, is he a squatter? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that place is barely standing. I, I, I'm like, really? This is the aesthetic they're going for? Yeah, he, lo- he looked pretty gross in that depart- apartment. It was kind of disgusting. But... I mean, that hotel that Dr. Gordon goes to to commit adultery? <laughs> I wouldn't be able to get it up in that thing. It was nasty. <laughs> what? I, I have a question about that adultery scene. He goes there and there's a little Asian chick there. Did we see her before? Because it seems she like... Was one of the residents when he was in the hospital with Jigsaw laying there and he's talking about the tumor on the frontal lobe Mm -hmm. she was she got like five seconds of screen time in that scene okay because when Zep turned around and said he was a great man or whatever he said she turned around and looked at Zep and the camera focused on her okay because I knew that I thought she was like a patient using sex to pay for services or something that's what I thought but obviously if both Jacob and I missed it they didn't spend enough time developing the Asian mistress character. Asian mistress. So then, finally, there's gunfire in Gordon's apartment. Danny Glover races over there, wrestles with Zep, and then the world's worst filmed car chase begins. I... Why? That's right. I forgot. Oh, man. You could so tell the cars are not moving. I like, yeah. zoomed up on their face with big background. Oh, that was bad. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's so car on studio lot, nothing black, and the cameras are moving over the car to s- focus on the people's faces to give the illusion of movement. It was like a Saturday Night Live skit yeah. when you're driving. Tunsis, the driving cat. <laughs> Yeah, I could not believe how cheap that was. It, is it so hard to film moving cars? I don't know. Maybe they couldn't afford it on the budget. I but. think it was a really low budget film. It was. It was very low that's budget. That's why they got Carrie Elways. Carrie Elways is a respected actor. He's British. How can you How can you deny his proficiency <laughs> with acting? <laughs> However, another way where I felt it was cheap is, so Danny Glover gets there, Zep, and he wrestle again. Zep gets Danny Glover shot in the stomach, and he dies instantly, because, you know, that's what stomach wounds do. They do. And he's black, so he, <laughs> he has to die instantly. I'm surprised the Asian girl lived. Well, they killed the Asian guy earlier in the film, so... That they exceeded their quota right there. I mean, come on. So then Elways has finally had enough and decides to cut off his own foot. That was the second point. The first was the shit toilet. The second one was him using that shirt as a tourniquet and just sawing again and again and again into his own ankle. That really it got me. It was like, oh God. Because I don't know. I empathize with these characters perhaps too much, which may be why I enjoy it. So few movies can get any kind of emotion out of me. I'm seeing this and I'm just like, oh dear Lord, he's never going to walk again. Yeah, I, that. That, that that was the one scene where I was kind of grossed out by. It, I think I was even more grossed out by like the transformation of his face after that, where it just keeps getting wider and wider, and you're like, 
this guy's not going to live through this. It, it looked bad. Yeah, the the blood loss was so apparent. It was really bad. And he immediately started going hoarse. But the reason I say it's probably low budget, we never get to see the bloody stump or the foot. And I'm guessing it's because the prosthetics looked so damn cheap that they just kept it all right that, off frame. Bought that foot from Spencer's at Halloween. The one that hangs out of your trunk? Yeah. Well, let me let me ask you guys this. Because here's where I, I thought this, this movie might be going when I was watching it. Going back to... Uh, the Amanda character, this this first character to ever get out of one of Jigsaw's traps. And she definitely has some kind of, she feels that he saved her life. And I thought this could go somewhere cool, that you have these people that get out of this trap, and it's almost like this cult of Jigsaw, and they go around hel- helping him. And I almost thought that's how the ending was going to turn out, is that, you know, this uh, Zep character, he was someone that got out of one of his traps previously, and for whatever reason, Jigsaw died, and, th- and that's why. I figured that was him on the floor, dead. But then I thought you'd have these other characters who had got out of his traps and become, you know, form this cult around him. And I thought that might be a really cool idea, but uh, unfortunately that didn't go anywhere. Like a lot of things in this film. Well, you've got to think that he had to have some help because there's a lot of construction going on. There is, and that's a lot for a cancer patient. Yeah, I mean, he's not he's in the got best of health. chemo to worry about and radiation, and here he's setting up all these schemes. And it's a lot of work what he's doing. So it just seems odd that he was doing it all alone. alone. But well, I guess we'll get more to that in the next one because because we do see that you're kind of on the right track there, Jacob. Ooh. You know what? The one the one little trick, torture device, whatever, jigsaw puzzle that I did like, and, and I caught on to this right away, was the cigarette and the poison blood. I, I, I just have to mention, you know, I've been kind of negative about this film. I did like that. I caught on to it right away. You know, there's still poison, whatever the hint was, that there's still poison in the blood. And I like that. I, I wish it would have played out better. I guess one of my problems was kind of going off that whole... Adam knows Lawrence is there to kill him, but there's no tension between these two. They don't seem to... There's a few little moments of mistrust, but if I'm locked in a room and that person can get free and his wife and daughter are going to live because he kills me, I'm scared as hell of that guy, (laughs) and I'm going to do whatever I can to kill him first. And it just, it didn't play up on that at all. When Adam did something in that vein by hiding the photo of the wife and child, Carrie always felt all betrayed. Yeah, and I was waiting for Adam to go, hey, you're supposed to be killing me. Of course, I don't trust you. And that just, it never happened. Here's the thing with the cigarette. I saw the little note that Jigsaw left for Carrie Elways that says, you don't have to use a gun to kill him. And there's cigarettes. And I'm like, so are you supposed to just let him slowly die of lung cancer by six o'clock? That, I, I wasn't getting the poison blood. I was just like, how the hell are you using a cigarette to kill a person? Other than here, smoke up. Maybe you'll die by six. Then with the poison blood, he's dipping the cigarette in blood. I haven't smoked in a long time, but I got to say when I did, I always was looking at the cigarette. I would have noticed, oh, there's some red shit on the end of the cigarette. I don't think I'm going to put that in my mouth in this junky ass bathroom. Artie, Artie, Adam's hand was covered in shit. <laughs> you really cared about the sanitary condition of a cigarette by that point. Yeah, I guess he did have to sit for that the rest of the movie with shit on his hand, didn't he? And it bothered me, though, that when Carrie always tosses the good cigarette, it lands on that floor and he picks it up and puts it in his mouth. That's grosser than putting his hands in the shit. He's a smoker. It's a dirty, filthy habit. They have, they have no self-respect. 
Plus, at that point, you probably could really use a cigarette. I haven't smoked in 15 years, but if I wake up with an electrocuting chain on my ankle and a guy wanting to kill me, yeah, I guess I could go for a cigarette. Yeah, another great coincidence when they do try to fake his death is that, oh, we just happened to uh, electrify the chain so we could actually see if he's dead. Yeah, that seemed awful convenient, didn't it? A lot of things seemed awfully convenient in this one. Yeah. Indeed, and one of the conveniences is that you got Carrie Elways and Adam, and they're tossing all this stuff to each other, and they're throwing saws around and breaking mirrors. Nothing hits the body on the ground, thank goodness, because that is Jigsaw sitting there, you know, stifling his laughter and pretending to be dead. Had something missed the throw, you think he might have reacted a little bit. They were tossing it over his body. Well, even at one point when they're doing that montage at the end, and I, I figured they have to do that ending montage because the average viewer is probably like 16 or 17 and just don't have the brain capacity to actually remember what happened in the movie. They even show Jigsaw. He's kind of lying there at, towards the end with his eyes open, watching it. I'm like, really? They didn't notice that? Well, people die with their eyes open sometimes. They were closed when, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't pay enough attention to the eyes, so I... At rigor mortis, you can have your eyes open and closed. That's why people put quarters on eyes of corpses. That's good to know next time I'm locked in a room with a dead body. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, it's Jigsaw been there all along. That is the big final twist, is this body in the middle of the floor, which you've completely forgotten about because they stopped referencing it, is Jigsaw himself. He had enough cameras. Did he have to be there in person? Was What, what was yeah, he appeared to have an elaborate closed circuit television setup. So why did he have to be there? Did he just enjoy this problem? Maybe it was personal vendetta against Dr. Gordon. Well, that's what I thought. My app, you might finally get some reveal that uh, Jigsaw, you know, he had a chance to be cured of whatever he had. And Gordon, the cold, callous doctor, just said, no, it's cost too much. His insurance isn't going to cover it. But no, it's there there was really I didn't see any connection why he specifically went after that guy. The only thing was he wasn't caring enough. He was treating Jigsaw a little coldly when talking about his brain tumor to the med students. He didn't treat him like a person, he treated him like a piece of meat. And it just so happened to be lucky he also was cheating on his wife. The one thing that I absolutely love about this movie, and I think this is what keeps me coming back to the series to a degree, is I love it so much and it works so well, is the score when they're doing the big reveals. Oh, the montage score? The montage score. It reminds me of a, it has vague reminiscence of a Led Zeppelin song, and I don't know enough about Led Zeppelin, but there's something that reminds me of this one particular Led Zeppelin song. To me, and I'll, I gotta say that it was used very slightly in this first movie, but I could, I knew it because by the time we get to parts four and five, they play it like throughout the whole movie and it becomes almost a water torture itself of hearing the song. So when I heard it in the first one, I'm like, there it is. But it, it's so well done because to me, it sounds like the music of clocks. It is so rhythmic and so precise it, it just makes me think of the inner workings of gears and clocks and all the machinations jigsaw does i i just thought it was a genius score that goes with his elaborate plans it, it's you know what i mean by that does that make it all sense yeah, it, they're, they're actually getting kind of literary and uh using symbols and how things tie together which, which actually go together for once so I, I could definitely see why you enjoy that piece of music i, I enjoyed it as well yeah, it was just, it, it, it's so great because it, it's like adrenalizing and it's also suspense giving. It, it's a wonderful piece of music, better than I would think this film could afford given the car chase. And it. Well, well, well Arnie, you got to realize uh, the, the, the piece of music that's used for like every trailer now, that, that piece of music from Requiem for a Dream, yes. which make, automatically makes me want to watch anything no matter how bad it looks. Arnie has that a, problem too because of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that piece. Yeah, I mean, and 
that was an indie film too. I mean, so maybe that's the one thing they can afford is, is these uh, small time musicians that have a lot of passion, and a lot of heart or something. But yeah, I did love the score in this one. And I, that's something we're going to be talking about in the future ones. Cause I think they do overuse it as my memory of the future ones. But in this one, it really worked for me and it helped draw attention to the end. But yeah, at the end, to go back to Jacob's original question, what did Adam do? The end, Jigsaw stands up, removes the prosthetic that was the gunshot wound on his head, turns to Adam, and doesn't he say, like, you failed, game over? Again, what was Adam's test to pass? I don't know. How could Adam have gotten out of that? Adam had a key. Why did Adam have a key? He <laughs> failed because he panicked and got out of a cold tub when he was unconscious and chained without first assessing the situation. <laughs> I think that's what any human would do. Ah, but that, that it bothered me that there were so many convenient things in this movie that didn't need to be there. Michael Emerson being nefarious and the key being in the tub and all of that. It, it's stuff that was just put there for yet another little twist, like a twist of lime on the movie. And it, it, they went too far with it. It's like they were sitting around going, it doesn't make sense, but this is a cool twist we could put in. In the final rewrite, they just added as much bullshit as they could come up with. Well, I think it's also imperative to know that this originally was like a 30 minute short film and it was just the two guys in the room. And what happened was, I guess it became popular or somebody. Well, they made that so that they could sell the movie. Mm -hmm. They took it to the studio and said, we want to make a full movie of this. Here's 30 minutes of it. So they didn't have quite enough to flesh it all out. See, there's a lot of movies that have a really good premise, but the people who are writing the movie screw it all up and don't have the right vision for it that the viewer sees from the outside that this is the way it should go and I thought this could have been a much better movie maybe had someone else done it good premise yeah. but they needed more I think to carry it through I saw a lot of I actually saw a lot of potential and I, I think because of that potential I saw in it I, I actually might have enjoyed it more than if I didn't realize that potential because I saw a lot of good things it, you, you, this had the bones to make a good movie it just didn't quite get there alright so with that Jacob Marjorie do you recommend Saw you know what? I, I do recommend this movie. Uh, it, it's a good thriller. You know, e even if you're you're not into horror movies with monsters and, and axes and that kind of thing, I think this is just a good thriller, a good suspense thriller movie. It, there's a lot of problems with it. I don't know if the problems are any worse than any other mediocre Hollywood movie out there. And, you know, it, it does have some nice twists. If you're looking for a mindless movie to watch, eat some popcorn during, kind of get a shock at the end because you're not really thinking about it. Yeah, I recommend this movie. I kind of recommend it. I think it's part of the modern horror genre, and I think you can't call yourself a horror fan unless you see it. It is kind of like the new horror, the advent of the torture porn, and it could be done better, and if you're one of those people that if you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound, I'm sorry, because the other ones, it gets more ridiculous, I think, as the number goes higher for the sequel, but we'll get to those later. I think this movie really could have been a lot better had, maybe, I don't know if they need to spend more time on it, or if the writers just had something else completely different than the two guys in a room and Jigsaw. Jigsaw is just kind of like the second part of the story, whereas the detective like Danny Glover and Miles from Lost are the forefront of the story. It doesn't quite know what it wants to be yet, but I think when we talk about the second one, it'll kind of flesh out and even more so with the third and so on. And I do recommend this movie. I love this first movie for so much that it does get right. Like Jacob was saying, there's some things it gets wrong, but I like the mystery. I like the whodunit. I actually like the misdirection that Michael Emerson is the bad guy, even if they do take that a little too far. And I love twist endings, even though I'm not a fan of Shalomai. 
Pokemon. But I love the twist ending because it just blows your mind. But that said, I don't take this movie very seriously as some do. When we saw this the first time, Marjorie and I walked out of the theater just laughing because there are plot holes that you could drive semi-trucks through. And I like it, but I don't think it's a good movie, if that makes sense. I think there's so many plot holes and Carrie Elway's acting is so bad and the writer isn't acting very well and Danny Glover's even phoning it in. And so it's not a good movie, but it's a fun movie. And the next day at work, we saw somebody who we worked with at the theater and I talked to them on the Monday after and they're like, wasn't that a great movie? And I'm like, no. Yeah. No, it wasn't. But do I recommend the movie? Yeah. It's a fun time. It is it is the modern horror series. This kicked it off. And there's a reason Saw has the longevity. And that's because it started on the right foot. I think the writers cheated us a little bit. And I'm disappointed in that. But overall, the pros outweigh the cons on this one. Check it out. So thank you, Jacob and Marjorie, for joining me for this discussion of Saw. And for you listeners, if you enjoyed this podcast, keep coming back to NowPlayingPodcast.com every week as we go through all six films in the Saw franchise and check out our other retrospective series we've got other horror series Friday the 13th and Halloween as well as Terminator and Star Trek and we'll be doing a Nightmare on Elm Street next year with a remake you can find it all at nowplayingpodcast.com thanks again guys we'll talk to you soon for Saw 2 which really should have been called The Second Cut oh it should have Thank you for joining us for this episode of the now-playing Saw Movie Retrospective. Congratulations. You are still alive. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review for us on iTunes or post about us on Facebook, Twitter, or your social media avenue of choice. You can find more now-playing retrospective series at our website, nowplayingpodcast.com. Series include Halloween, Friday the 13th, Star Trek, Terminator, and others. This is the most fun I've had without lubricant. Now Playing is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2009, and is not affiliated with Lionsgate Pictures or Twisted Pictures. Saw and all that the Saw universe contains are copyright and trademark Twisted Pictures, and no infringement is intended. And then they find out that the guy dead in the middle of the room is still alive. And it was oh, you just gave it away. Oh, oops, Spoiler sorry. Alert. Yes, sorry. Well, hey, if they're down on those podcasts, you either have got a big surprise in store for you. If you're like, oh, honey, let's go see that Saw movie this Halloween.